Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. So happy you guys are here today. Again, you know, we just made the decision. We're just going to have church on December 30th. And you know what? I'm thankful we did. Come on, I'm thankful we did. I just experienced God's presence. I feel God's... Whatever, Steph. <laughs> Steph said, told you so. <laughs> okay, you can be right once a year. It's okay. <laughs> then, then's a fire. Shots fired! <laughs> Come on, we're going to get into a series here for the next four weeks, and we kind of double-named it, um, and it's called The Old You and the, the New You. And what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks, as we end, end this coming year, 2018, and then go into January, as we do our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I've, I've had some people in the room uh, t- talk to me about their, their times doing fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year, and it's transformed people's lives. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted before, uh, you know, really, I can't mandate you to fast. I'm not Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can mandate you to fast. And so you've got to talk to the Holy Spirit about that. But if you want more information, Ryan, what is fasting? How can I fast? Does it mean all no food? No, there's a lot of different ways you can fast. Go to our website, lovecitychurch.ca forward slash prayer, and it actually gives you a description of all the different types of fasts you can do, resources for prayer, books you can read, all sorts of stuff. There's a plethora of information for you. But as we come into this new year, I'm just really believing that God's going to do something increasingly and incredibly great in your lives. I'm believing for radical life change, that we're going to leave the old person behind in 2018. 2018, you can have our disappointment. 2018, you can have our fear. You can have the anxiety. You can have our past. 2019, we want faith, not fear. Come on, we want joy, not anxiety. We want victory, not these old habits. And we want our future, the purposes of God for our life, not our past. And so today we're going to be talking about that first or the last one there, uh, our past. But as you know, as we come into the new year, uh, every one of us makes New Year's resolutions. Some of you stop making New Year's resolutions because you suck at it. And so you just said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I just, you know, was online last night looking at some different people tweeting. I'm not on Twitter, but I found some tweets on just people's New Year's resolutions you know and so I just thought these were kind of funny the first one says uh, hashtag news resolution increase my relation status from forever alone to slightly desperate <laughs> come on some of you in, in the room need to tweet that out hello how about this next one here never again will I take a sleeping pills and laxatives on the same night ha- hashtag hashtag New Year's resolutions I will keep <laughs> How about this one? My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. How about this one? My New Year's resolution is to be more assertive. Is that okay with you guys? How about this one? New Year's resolution, exercise. My right to eat more tacos. And lastly, I did this one specifically for Joel because I think he's got a New Year's resolution. Come on, use my gym card more. Oh, there you go. <laughs> cut that log of sugar. <laughs> but as you know, we're coming to the new year. We all have these different resolutions, different things. My wife and I were joking yesterday because we were sitting around the table playing Monopoly. We play a Disney Monopoly, buying you and I won, by the way. And we were sitting around the room and I was like, come on guys, this year I'm going to exercise. And Joel, there it is, the cue, the large laughter from Joel. And my, my, my wife says, you know, honey, kids, I want to tell you a little story. I've been married to this man now for 13 and a half years. We've been together for 14 and a half years. And he said this every year on December 29th, I'm going to exercise this year. And I want you to know this year I'm going to exercise, guys. 
So just watch me lose all this, this, this guy here. But we're going to talk today about the idea in this next series about how, as a follower of God, if you a follower of Christ in the room, we have the honor of, and the privilege of going from an old person to a new person. And the Bible actually talks about this idea. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, For if a man belongs to Christ, or a woman belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. Colossians says it again in verse, or chapter 3, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Ephesians says it again, and I, I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase because I love what this says in Ephesians 4.20. It says, but that's no life for you. You learn Christ. My assumption is that you paid careful attention to him. Been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. And since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. All, uh, and take an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the, from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. So as followers of Jesus Christ, what happens is, is that that old life just begins to shift and we realize that the old way of thinking, the old life, the past things, the, the past experiences, the old way we used to live our life is no longer how we live a new life as followers of Christ. We are new creations. We are made new. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about these four things. A future, not the past today. Freedom, not old habits next week. Faith, not fear. We're going to attack fear head on. Look it right in the eye and tell it needs to bow down to the love of Jesus Christ because perfect love casts out all fear. And so we're going to eradicate fear from our lives. And then joy, not anxiety. No more anxiety, joy in the name of Jesus Christ. And so as we come into 2019, we're believing that this will be, we're going to have mantra, we're going to have no more fear, and we're going to have no more anxiety, and we're going to have no more old habits, and we're just going to start living in the present life and no longer living in the past. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a scripture that Paul wrote to the church of Philippi. He wrote this letter to the churches and it, it was written to the church of Philippi and then eventually it was circulated as a church to, uh, a, a letter to read. And Paul actually addresses this very idea of the past. He actually talks about it in a very specific way. And so what I'm going to do today is I love to do this type of preaching. We're just going to read the scripture and I'm just going to throw stuff at you that come at me from the word. And I'm going to just throw little thoughts at you that, that, that God dropped on my heart as we read it and as I studied it. And so Paul actually speaks specifically about the idea of our past. And it's very important that you capture this today because I do believe that this is kind of the, uh, you know, like when you, you, you know, you, you pick up a rock and, and there's all this stuff going on underneath. You know, I believe that today God wants to pick up some rocks and, and get the stuff underneath kind of scurrying to other dark places uh, somewhere else. And so I want to read a scripture today in Philippians chapter 3. But before I do, I want to just kind of talk to you a little bit about the idea of the past. The, the past is, is something that, that often keeps many of us 
from moving forward. A lot of us today, uh, we're still living in the past. You ever met someone or seen someone you hadn't seen in a while and they look older, but they're still looking like they're living in the past? You know, you look at everything, oh man, you're dressed like you did 30 years ago. That's awesome. Okay, you're living in the past. Well, some of us live like that. Some of us live in the past. Some of us make decisions from the past. Some of us choose uh, uh, relationships from our past. Some of us decide to do things in our, in, uh, from, in our life now from the past. Our past is actually controlling our current place of life. Our past is, is, is controlling how we act, how we think, how we talk, how we spend our money, how we live our lives. Your past is completely controlling where you are right now. And so it's really hard to forget the past. And it's hard to forget the pain of the past. And it's hard to forget the hardships of the past. But it's really hard to let go of some things in our life where we've experienced pain and hardship and grief and sorrow. And the reason it's like that is because our brain, what it does is it actually files uh, memories in a different way. It takes different types of uh, memories and you know it takes the idea of you know Chris, Christmas time as a kid and it files it away in our memory bank and you know vacation it files away in our in our memory bank and it takes a road trip exclamation mark road trip you know we got kids and we've got um, you know uh, anniversaries and investments and marriage and success in business and I, get, I put good wine and food there too so don't worry and we have this kind of thing filed away and what happens our brain the, the one of two ways is is that it files these good memories, these, these uh, kind of successes in our life in the very, very far back of our brain. And what it does is it, it actually stores them in a place that's actually a bit challenging to access. And so it's actually hard for us to access these good thoughts and these good past things that are there because what our brain does is it, it generalizes these past experiences, these good experiences into a container in the, in the back of our head and so back here we we often try to remember things from our past that are good and it can be a little more challenging to gather those things it's like it, it generalizes it's like you know i you know if you love hot fudge sundays and you probably had you know 50 me three in the last four days but you know hot fudge sundays all throughout the year and i mean can you think back to the the, the first hot fudge sunday you had or maybe even how about the 11th or the 15th or the really good one out of the 50 hot fudge sundays that you ate most likely you can't really draw out a specific time where it was especially euphoric to stick that fudge in your mouth it just generalizes all of these past experiences that are good so all these really really good things are generalized and our brain pushes them back to the very far recesses of our brain but when it comes to painful experiences things like divorce or things like loss in life or or, or things, things like fear, I can't read my own handwriting, fear, uh, things like death, or things like guilt, or things like bankruptcy, or things like broken relationships, or things like sin and disappointment, things like that get stored in a way where sometimes they don't even get filed away. They actually sometimes are just left open. They don't get put in a file. They just get thrown into the recesses, and these types of thoughts actually sit on the forefront of our brain, and many of them aren't even filed away properly. They're just laying out in the open. 
open. And the reason our brain does that is because when you and I have a painful experience, when you and I buy that $90,000 truck and realize it was a bad investment and experience all the, 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 the challenges of finances for the next 20 years because of that truck, you think, oh, why did I do that? Well, your brain brings that to your memory to keep you from making that stupid decision again. When you make it into that relationship that falls apart and it's broken, and you remember, man, why did that relationship fall apart? Well, the person you were with wasn't even a follower of God, and, and so you don't have the same spiritual values as that person. That's why it ended in such turmoil and hardship. Well, your, your brain keeps that difficult hardship or the broken relationship or the loss of the past or the grief that you experienced right in the front of your brain to remind you not to do that again. But the problem is, is that many of us, what we do is we don't just lean on that warning system, we allow this to begin to control our thinking. And what happens is, is that these painful experiences actually legitimately have a groove. It, it's, it causes a groove to go into the, the, the consciousness of your brain. And so that every time you think back on that marriage, or you think back on that grief, or you think back on that sin, or you think back on that mistake, or you think back on that thing you did wrong, your brain now has this, this, this little crevice in your thinking. So now when you think back on that, it not only gives you a warning sign, but now it's controlling you because that little thought that little circumstance, that little hardship is now controlling the way you live your life right now. And so many of us are living with the thoughts and the pains and the grief from our past because we haven't figured out how to properly use this filing system. It's almost like this. You, you drive to work on the same freeway every single day and you go every single day on the same freeway in the same direction at the same time and you can't remember which day was sunny and which day was rainy and which day was snowy and which day you saw that deer on the side of the road and the other day you saw that nice car that you can't really categorize in your brain those things but there was one day when you were driving down the highway or the freeway and you saw this brutal brutal accident and all there was a huge car pileup and and not only did the people get hurt but on that day you were there you saw someone die on on the scene you were there that, that thought now is in your brain. And now it causes that those thoughts of that person dying wakes you up at night in a cold sweat. And you, 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 you constantly, now you're saying, you know what? I'm not going to drive on the freeway any longer. I don't want to drive on the freeway. I'm going to take back roads all throughout Calgary because of that one day I saw an accident that, that, that someone died. And so I'm not going to go on that freeway again. And some of you might even say, you know what? I'm not even going to drive again. I'm just going to give my driver's license away. Give my car. I'm going to take the bus everywhere. And I'm going to walk everywhere because I am not going back on that freeway, again, see, that's what our past does, is that it begins to change the way we act and think and live. But what happens is, is you meet Jesus Christ and you become a new creation. You become a new creation in Christ. And all those things that once hurt you and harmed you and bothered you and lay heavy on your spirit and your heart and your mind from your past, now the Bible will teach us is an old thinking, an old way. No longer am I have to be afraid to drive on the freeway any longer. I can get back onto the freeway of my life and start living again. Paul teaches this in Philippians. Philippians 3, 4, and 6. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others. For my pedigree was impeccable. Look at the past tense. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as a son of Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days after my birth, and I was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism. 
living a separate and devout life as a Pharisee and, and concerning the righteousness of the Torah, the first five books of the, of the Old Testament, no one surpassed me. I was without peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. Notice he was talking about his past. I was, I was, I was, I persecuted. And see, what's interesting about this verse is that Paul actually leaves out a really important detail about his past, which I find interesting, and I didn't want to dive into it today, maybe another day, but the idea that Paul did not allude to the idea that he was a murderer. He didn't even talk about that in this description of his past. He talked about the persecution of the church, but he didn't talk about how he stood at the feet of a man when he was stoned to death. In Acts chapter 7, look at this verse here. His accuser, Stephen, was a disciple of Jesus, and Stephen was preaching about Christ, and Paul came and thought that he was a blasphemer, and so they wanted to kill him, and it says his accusers covered their ears with their hands. Look at this. And they screamed at the top of their lungs and drowned out his voice. Ah, no, 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 no. Stephen is preaching the gospel, and these men have their hands, grown men, hands over their ears, screaming at the top of their lungs. Ah, no, no, no. The verse in the, script, the scripture says that they pounced on him and they threw him outside the city walls to stone him. And his accusers, one by one, placed their outer garments at the feet of a young man named Saul of Tarsus. Now Saul agreed to be accomplice to Stephen's stoning and participated in his execution. And from that day on, a great persecution of the church in Jerusalem began. And then Saul mercilessly persecuted the church of God, going from house to house into the homes of believers to arrest both men and women and drag them off to prison. Paul left that out of the detail in Philippians chapter 3. That he was a murderer and that he was a, a home wrecker. And he walked into these Christians' homes and he ripped the, the mom and dad out of the home and threw them in prison to leave these children in their home, all because they were Christians. I imagine that Paul probably played the, the murder of this young man named Stephen as they threw stones at his head and stones at his body to murder him. I imagine that that image was in Paul's mind, knowing that he approved of the brutal murder of Stephen. It probably hung on to him. It probably, in the beginning of his journey following God, it hung on to him in such a way where he felt such guilt and such shame for the sin that he'd committed, or he felt such abandonment, or maybe he didn't think he was good enough, or I'm just not good enough to be a follower of God, or man, I'm just not good enough to be living a good life. You know what? I don't deserve a good life, and so I'm going to sabotage everything God tries to do in my life by getting into bad relationships and making bad investments and having bad things in my life because I don't deserve what God has for me because of the thing I did to Stephen, it hung on to him. And see, that's what the past does, is it hangs on to us. It lingers over our shoulder. It hangs on to our back. The past continues to hold on to us. It weighs us down. It keeps us from moving forward because those images in our mind of the sin that you committed, the mistake that you made, and the things that you did wrong, it articulates who you are as a person. It defines you, and it just hangs on your shoulders. But Paul here, Paul actually teaches us about the idea of the past. And what he teaches us is that there is an absolute possibility for you today to leave the past behind and to step into what God has for your life. He shows us in this verse. In verse 7, look what he says. You know, all the accomplishments that I once took credit for I've now forsaken them and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing or knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord. 
That, that word compared to stuck out at me. It was like, whoa. So he's basically saying, okay, so that word in, in the Greek actually means in view of. So, okay, I used to look at my past sins and mistakes and failures and shortcomings. This is how I live my life. And now, in view, of my, in view of my relationship with God, in view of my relationship with Christ, now that he's redeemed me and set me free and transformed me and made me new, when I take these two things next to each other, I now have a grid of viewing my past. I have a new way of viewing how I look at my past. I no longer look at my past the way I used to look at my past. Now I'm looking at my past through the grid and through the view of my relationship with God. So the first thing that happened that Paul articulates is that the new you has a new way of viewing the past now you have a new grid step one you've got to accept the fact that you have a new grid a new way of looking at your past a new way of viewing the things that you've done wrong a new way of looking at your sins and your mistakes and your failures because remember when Jesus came what did he do he came to redeem you so as a redeemed person, I no longer look at my past as, as not being redeemed and not being saved and not being transformed and not being made new. My view, my glasses, my lenses now views my past in comparison to, in view of, my relationship with God. So now, as a follower of Christ, the more I know God, the more my past has a clear picture. The more I step into Jesus and the more I read my word and the more I spend time in community and the more I get to know God better, the more I lean into a relationship with Christ, the more I realize that this is way more valuable, this has way more importance to me than hanging on to something that weighed so heavily on my life. Now, I view this through my relationship with Christ. I no longer am being held back because I no longer see things like I used to see things. And then look what Paul says. This is really cool when Paul does this. Verse 8. Okay, so my view was, now, now in comparison, now that I know God, I have a relationship with God, my view of my past is changing. So he says, now let me teach you how to know God. I love that. Very easy. Paul says, listen, to truly know him meant this. I'm about to tell you how to truly know him. So the, verse, the second thing that popped out at me here was in this verse, the new you lets go of the past because it has no value any longer. Look what Paul says. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, I now have, I can value these things. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you realize that the business you built in your past has no value. That the successes you've had in your past really have no value. That the sin that you've done, the divorce you were through, the, the, the marriage problems, the financial disarray, all the things, that the abuse that you experience, the, 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 the hurt you have in your life, those things no longer hold weight or value in my life any longer because the new me understands that compared to my relationship with Jesus, now that I have a relationship with God, he's showing me that those things that I valued so much in my life are now, I can just throw those out on the garbage heap. Look at this. I can finally let go because they have no value you hold on to something so tightly because it has value to you 
I value in the fact that that person hurt me and I want justification. I want vindication. I value the fact that, that, that I sinned there and I deserve punishment. I value the fact that I made those investments and they went, they went bad. And so now I don't deserve to have success any longer. You got to let go of the value of those things and recognize that when you begin to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, your appetite for the value of your past no longer is there any longer. And you, when you lean into a relationship with God, not only does it change how you see your past, you're redeemed by the blood of Christ. It washes away a multitude of sin as far as the east is from the west. So your sins have been washed away from you. It's just like Jesus did that. Now you realize, oh, those things don't have any value on my life any longer. I can't let those things have value in my heart. Jesus is my value. Those things no longer have value in my heart. So the more you lean into a relationship with Jesus, the more he changes how you see your past, the more you lean into a relationship with Jesus, the more you realize that all the things that you're holding on to literally have zero value. And he continues in this verse. He says this, the third thought that I had. Look at this. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. It's just a pile of poo. So that I may be enriched to the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord and all of his greatness. This is the third thought that jumped out at me. The new you lets go of the past and gives control to God. Listen, your past is controlling you. I talk to people a lot. It's been a lot of time with different people. And often when we sit down, we'll talk about the pains of the past, the things of the past. And I, I will ultimately ask a question most of the time. So get ready if you're going to sit down with me and talk to me about your past. I'll ask you a question. Why are you letting something that happened 20 years ago control your present life? Who is your master? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you say, Ryan, today I'm confessing that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? Now you have a different view of your past. Now you realize your past has no value. Now you realize that in your walk with God, you can no longer give control to another master. It no longer has control over you any longer. It no longer can dictate your relationships. It can no longer dictate your finances. It can no longer dictate uh, how you live your life. Your past has no control over your life any longer. You are set free from the control of your past it cannot control you now. It cannot control your future. So all that pain and all that guilt and all that shame and all that fear and all that bitterness and all that resentment and all that unforgiveness, listen, if you want to walk forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ in 2019, the reason you are stuck the reason you go to church and attend for about six months and get angry at someone and leave. The reason you get into relationships with other Christians and you get angry at them. Or the, relation, the reason you can't keep a consistent, healthy relationship in your life. Or the reason you constantly say, man, I pray, Ryan, and I read my Bible, and I go to church, and I give, and I still feel distant from God. Might be because you're allowing another master to control your life. The past cannot control you any longer. And in your relationship with Jesus Christ, you recognize that as a new person, I'm going to give control to Christ, not control to my past. Let's continue. Look what he says in verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved the things or that I've already reached perfection. The word perfection means maturity, fulfillment, like to reach like, like the apex. 
Paul, the apostle who wrote, you know, three-fourths of the New Testament, basically says, guys, I ain't got it figured out. So those of you in the room are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, don't worry. <laughs> Paul ain't got it figured out either. He says, man, I ain't got this figured out. I haven't reached perfection yet. Come on, take some courage in that today to know that you said, Ryan, I just, like, you're just throwing some stuff at me, man. Like, you don't know what happened in my past. I don't. You're right. I'm not being insensitive. I'm just trying to give you something to work towards. Like, Paul here is identifying that this is the goal. Notice, the entire verse is talking about your previous past, putting Jesus as primary, getting a new grid, seeing it a new way. There's no value, no more control. Paul then articulates, I want you to know that that is what it means to reach perfection. That is what it means to be a mature follower of God. There's two things that I believe as Christians, as followers of God, that, that, are, that are, are signs of spiritual maturity. Want to hear them? Number one, letting go of the past. Number two, forgiving people who've hurt you. Followers of Jesus cannot harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in their lives. If you're harboring unforgiveness and bitterness in your life, I get it, but I want to encourage you today, 2019, ask the Holy Spirit to come and help you let go of that because you will not move forward in your walk with God until you can let go of the past and forgive the people that have hurt you. You do that, 2019, I'm telling you, you're going to see breakthrough in your walk with God like never before. Look what he says in verse 13. Okay, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. So again, I'm not there yet, but... Paul now gives us such clarity on what to focus on. Okay, sometimes you read the Bible and say, Ryan, there's so much to do. I need to do this. Do this. Paul just says, listen, okay, you want to have breakthrough in 2019 in your walk with God. 2019, you want to go for it and see God do amazing things in your life. I want to tell you, just focus on one thing. One thing I ask you. You know what that word means in the Greek? One thing. Just this single Primary, one thing, just one thing. Just focus on this one thing, right? Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about getting everything else right. Don't worry about, you know, all the other things we have to do. I want you just to this year, 2019, focus on this one thing. The thing that jumped out at me here was that the new you focuses on what matters the most. It's easy for us to focus on a lot of other things when it comes into the year. Focus on all these other things. And Paul now tells us three things that we need to focus on in 2019. Three things to focus on that matter the most in our lives. So Paul says it. He says, he, he says uh, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. The thing here, the new you forgets the past and focuses on God's purposes for your life. Now, Paul here is not saying that you should have a memory wipe. You have billions of little memories throughout since you were at birth. There's no way that you can wipe away every single little memory. It's not possible. So we're not asking for God to come and, and, and do a, a whole wipe of our memory. And so we can't remember anything. That's not what Paul's saying here. That word forget actually means to no longer care for. To refuse to focus on. In fact, this word actually refers to the idea of to stop looking back. There's actually a, a, an allegory or analogy or a story in the Bible that articulates this, and it's, and it's kind of intense, so forgive me. But there was a time back in Genesis chapter 19 when the, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah was experiencing tremendous debauchery and sin. It just grieved the heart of God. And I won't go into the nuances of what it, you can read it yourself, but in the story, this was just 
brutal things were happening. So many things that hurt the heart of God. And so God decided that he was going to wipe this place off the face of the earth with a pillar of salt. And so he told Lot and his wife, Lot and, and his wife, I don't know her name, you need to run up the street there and go to the next city. Go to Zoar. Go to Zoar. And as you're running away from this old city, do not look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Look forward to what God has for you. Look forward to the next season. Look forward to the freedom and the, the transformation. Look forward to the promises of God for your life. Do not look back. And look at the verse what happened. Genesis 19, 23. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. The Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew the cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and all the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. See, this is what Paul's trying to articulate today. Don't look back. It's in the past. It has no more value. Don't look back. Don't look back. Keep your eyes focused this year on the promises of God for your life. Keep your life focused on the fact that the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Keep your eyes on the fact that God's called you to have victory. Keep your eyes on the fact that, yeah, you may have made mistakes, but God's called you with freedom and joy and redemption and forgiveness and transformation. Promises of God for Don't look back any longer. Continue to look at the promises of God for your life. Paul, Paul continues. What he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I press on to reach the end of the race. Here's the next one. The new you forgets the past and focuses on moving forward in life. See, what the past does, it keeps you stuck. The past keeps you still. The past keeps you in murky waters where everything begins to, every face you encounter looks like that person that hurt you in the past. You have a new boss and Five jobs ago, the boss hurt you, and now every boss you've had has the same face because they treat me bad. I'm just assuming that they're this, and I'm assuming that they're that. And so you're carrying this thing in your life when in reality, it's just keeping you here and stuck. And Paul says, listen, you need to forget the past and press on towards what God has for you. You need to press on towards the end of the race. Press on to moving forward in 2019. Really interesting that he used the word press. That means to strain, to press forward. The idea of the word is something that takes incredible effort. I hate saying this because I want it to be like, oh, you just press a red button and everything's good, guys. The reality is, is that serving Jesus takes an effort. Look what First Peter says. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Okay, so in view of that, make every effort to respond to God's promises by supplementing or adding to your faith. Add to your faith brotherly kindness, love, gentleness, self-control. Peter here says, now you have to do some effort. Look what the verse says. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. It takes a lot of work for you and I to, to exercise our mind. And it's a daily decision. Every single day, I'm going to condition my mind that I'm not going to live in the past any longer. 
Paul actually uses a verse here that I wanted to read in Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all this, on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. You have to make a daily decision that you are going to press on in your life. Many, this is, many of us struggle with this because it's just like our New Year's resolutions, right? I'm going to lose 20 pounds by January, you know, January 7th. It's like, okay, that's awesome. Seven days and then you're done, right? I pressed on and man, I still struggle. Well, get it. Yeah, you're going to struggle. I pressed on and I just couldn't stop thinking about that. Yeah, it, it might just happen. I pressed on and I couldn't get over this area of my life and I just still feel bitter and angry. It's okay. Just keep pressing on. Just keep pressing on. Just keep pushing forward. Keep making an effort. Keep training your mind because your mind, your emotional mind is like a muscle. You've got to build it. You've got to build it. You've got to strengthen it. You've got to keep telling yourself, God's got a plan for my life. God's got a purpose for my life. God's got a healthy relationship for my life. God's got good finances for my life. God's got a future for my life. God's got joy for my life. God's got freedom from anxiety in my life. That's what God has for me. You got to keep exercising your mind and pressing forward towards the end of the race to trust I'm going to move forward in 2019 I'm not going to stay here any longer I'm going to move forward I'm not going to stand still I'm not going to go back I am going to move forward in 2019 lastly here this morning your brothers and sisters I've not achieved it but I focus on this one thing I press on to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Look at this. The new you forgets the past and focuses on God's kingdom. I want to remind you of something this morning that as I read this, it just this verse popped in my mind immediately. We are visitors on this planet. I mean, like, let's just take a moment. I and mean, if you're here today and you say, I'm not a follower of Jesus, what the heck are you talking about? We can talk about that later. But just let me talk to those in the room who might know what I'm talking about. You and I, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, we now live a life where after this life, we live forever. And see, the Bible teaches us all throughout Scripture. In fact, the entire purpose of the New Testament, if you read every time, every letter, when Paul ends his letter, he will say, don't forget the end is near. Don't forget, this life will be zapped up in the blinking of an eye, like, like, like a thief in the night. You and I don't live for this kingdom. We don't live for this world. We don't live for this money or these accolades or these finances or these accomplishments. We live to bring glory to God and say, God, I was a good and I was a faithful servant. He'll say, come into my glory, my son and daughter of God. See, we live a life right now that knows and understands that we are just visitors on this planet. Therefore, in order for me to let go of the past, I've got to realize that in the scope of life, the past pain that I'm holding on to is keeping me from living a life of faith, a life of joy, a life of peace, knowing that you can do whatever you want to me. You can stone me like Stephen. Because this is not my home. This verse that popped into my mind. Hebrews 11, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that heaven promised them. They saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as though those who belonged to another realm 
For clearly those who live in this way are longing for the appearance of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city just for them. There's three things I identified today that will help you take mature steps in your walk with God. One is to forget your past. Two is to forgive. And the third one is to live a life that knows that this life is not our home. The mistakes of my past cannot control me any longer because I don't even live for this land. I don't even live for this home. I live for the kingdom of God. I live for a life beyond this life. See, that's how followers of Jesus should think. That your job is just an expansion of the kingdom. Your family is just an expansion of the kingdom. Your finances are just an expansion of the kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. My focus is on the kingdom. Man, I'm so focused on God's kingdom. I'm so focused on God's purposes. I'm so focused on moving forward in my life. I ain't got time to think about my past. I'm so occupied in my thinking and in my heart and in my mind about what God's doing forward that I don't even have time to allow these things in my past to touch me or to control me any longer. I'm going to give it up. And I love how Paul ends this and we'll end today. Look at this last part of this verse. And I find it comical because listen to what Paul says. Let all who are spiritually mature agree. So without any raising any hands, I'm sure people in the room say, yeah, Ryan, I get it. Come on, brother. I love that. Okay, good. And I love how Paul is so filled with grace. Look what he says. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. And this is my prayer for you as we end our time together. Then the next three days, or two days, <laughs> that God will make it plain to you. That he will show you that a relationship with Jesus Christ far outweighs the value of your past. A relationship with Jesus Christ far outweighs the things that you used to hold on to in your life. And then in the next two days that the Holy Spirit will come, and that verse means to make it clear, to make it plain as day, to turn on the light, to unveil this spiritual truth that in order for you to move forward in your walk with God, you got to let go of the past, you got to forget the past, you got to press forward, focus on God's purposes, focus on advancing in your life, and focus on the kingdom of God for your life. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Just close your eyes for a minute. Every week I just ask two questions and I'm going to ask it again. Firstly, I'm going to ask for those in the room who maybe don't know God. Maybe they're, you're here today and you've been far from God. You don't know Him. Maybe you one time would say you did and you felt like you've fallen away from that. Or maybe you've never, ever accepted Christ in your life. You've never been to church today. I want to give you the opportunity just to respond today to today's message. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to put your hand in the air just so I can see you. Keep it up for a few seconds and then put it right down. I just want to pray with you. Every eye closed in this place right now. Come on, you're in the room today. You say, Ryan, I've either just fallen away from God altogether and I want to come back. Or you say, Ryan, I'd like to give my life to Jesus today. Would you just place your hand in the air so I can see you? Come on, anybody in the room today.
All right, second thing we'll pray for this morning. Come on, you're living in the past. You're stuck. You're stuck. And I don't know your story, and I don't know what happened. And you know what? I can't even, I can't even begin to understand the pain and the, the challenge you face and how hard it has been for you to get over this in your life. But come on, you say, Ryan, today, on December 30th, the last two days of 2018, I want to make a decision today that I'm going to let the past go, that I'm going I'm to forget the past. I'm going to move forward and hand in the air. Come on. If that's you, and you just say, Ryan, I want you to pray for me really quickly. Would you place your hand in the air today? Come on, put your hand in the air. Come on, all across the room, so many hands. My goodness, come on, almost the whole room. Praise the Lord. Come on, right now, put your hand in the air if you need prayer today. Come on, Jesus, you see these hands, God? Come on, you see them, God? And we declare that you are the God of the new. The word of God says, Lord, the former things have gone away. Lord, the new has come. So I pray for every hand lifted in this room. Firstly, Father, Father, I pray you would give them the strength to say goodbye. I pray that this December 31st would be a spiritual moment where they look their past in the eyes and say, say la vie. I pray for the strength. I pray for the courage. I pray for the faith to look that pain, to look that, that grief and that sadness and the discouragement and the, and the, and the overwhelming uh, past that they have, to look it in the eye, courage to look it in the eye and say, no more, I'm done, this is over. 2019 is going to be a year of progress and moving forward for God's kingdom. Lord, I pray right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would restore the joy of their salvation. Come on, place your hand on your heart this morning. I pray that right now, Lord, would you restore the joy of their salvation. They come back to the place they first met you. The moment they felt you, the moment they'd experienced you, God, this would be a year, Father, 2019, where they say, man, I got a restoration of joy, and I'm so madly in love with Jesus. So madly in love with my Redeemer. And Lord, as they do that, their past will fade into into the distance. Lord, we declare, God, as the end of this year, we want to say thank you for your blessings in our lives. Thank you for your provision in our hearts. And we pray that 2019 will be a year of victory, power, and breakthrough. Come on, church, would you repeat after me this morning? Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. I give you my past. I give you my fear. I give you my anxiety. I give you my addictions and old habits. And I say, God, you are my master. Forgive me for all the sin in my life and set me free. I commit my life to you. My heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.